Welcome to Radically Transparent, the number one podcast for the modern day marketer, presented by Octopost, the only social media and employee advocacy solution architected for B2B. Each episode shines a light on the inner workings of B2B leadership, including what keeps successful CEOs, CMOs, and VPs up at night professionally. The conversations are real, raw, and authentic, all while revealing the unfiltered, not-so-known truths of today's most interesting marketers. Introducing your host, Jennifer Gutman. Hello, world. I'm beyond excited for today's guest. She's a groundbreaking innovator with deep marketing and communications expertise across multiple industries and geos. She's known for instilling passion in her teams for creating unique stories that turn trends and insights into campaign narratives impacting the entire customer journey. And she's recently been recognized in PR Week's Women to Watch 2020, Top 50 Influence Marketers by Talking Influence, and Top Digital Marketers on LinkedIn. Please welcome Amisha Gandhi, SVP Marketing of Tapalti to the show. Amisha, are you ready to get radically transparent with me? I am ready to get radically transparent. I'm excited to be here too. We're, 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 I think, you know, excited, right? It's like such an overused word. So I'm trying to think like excited, exuberant, elated. I mean, we've just been counting down for this episode. So I'm just finally happy to be speaking. And I always like to throw my guests, you know, as a first question, the warm up, if you will, before the curveballs start coming. But can you give us a brief look at your professional journey and what attracted you to Tipalte? So I think when you think, you know, when I think about my journey, it's not very conventional for, you know, regular marketing. I, I started doing research because I had, you know, you know, a degree in lab science. So I did that. But I also had theater. So I loved creative left and right brain. I always have. And so I saw the marketing people having fun. So I leapt in and said, how can I? do that for a living. They look like they're having fun. They're being creative. And that's where I really started. And I started working in a publication and, you know, really doing um, very, you know, like t- database and, you know, uploads and things like that. And then I moved into, and I got very lucky and I got into a startup that was becoming an online city guide to all cities in the U S. So I got in there very early and I did almost every different job in marketing, including sales operations uh, advertising, copy, content. So that was a great foray into marketing. And from there, I went into agency side, into advertising, marketing, public relations, and I ended up at, after a while, at SAP. And I had a lot of growth there. I started in their comms group. I did product marketing there. And then, you know, moving around a lot. And then I eventually started influence marketing because oh. I had done that when I was before SAP on the B2C side. I had done what's called blogger marketing and you could really move product. And I always had that sense. So influencer marketing for me really means how do you work with others that have influence and engaged audiences, right? And then how do you translate that in B2B and how do you help it move the business and move people down the funnel? And then now I think of, you know, influencer, it's not just influencer, but it's influence marketing. How do you influence the entire customer journey? So part of, you know, doing that at SAP was, I took apart the entire customer journey, which we know it doesn't just work from A to B. And in B to B, it's a longer sales cycle and it's hard to measure because there's so many influences during that time. But I really took it apart and got to meet with a lot of teams. So I came up with, hey, marketing is a puzzle and all those pieces need to fit together. And that's why I was excited to join 
to parties to bring, you know, I've done almost every job at SAP. So, you know, and, and then being a, a leader there, right? So I wanted to bring it all together. And I think this wonderful opportunity to party happened. And so that allows me to bring puzzle pe- these puzzle pieces together. And it's a growing company. We're scaling really fast. So there's a lot of movement and a lot of opportunity to build. And I love to build and innovate. And I think that's one of the best reasons I joined Topolki. And they have a great culture of people and collaboration, which is also important. And that's why people stay at companies, right? So I really was really attracted to their mission and purpose of, you know, really breaking through for mid-market companies in finance and, you know, to really help them. And then the growth. And that's exciting. Well, I think it sounds like you were certainly the missing piece Topolki needed uh, when it comes to puzzle pieces. As we're throwing around Topolki, I know many of us have heard of this company and I know it's a great place to work. You know, I've stocked it on LinkedIn, if you will. Um, But can you share in one quick sentence, what's the value that Topolki brings to your customers? So Topolki is a fintech company. So we're in and we do payments automation. So we do accounts payable, PO management and payments, global partner payments. So we do payouts, right? And that's a big pain point for a lot of mid-market companies. Things are still being done on paper checks or manually, a lot of manual process. So the value we bring is we're freeing up your finance team so they can focus on strategic initiatives for the finance team while all the manual process are being taken out, right? And then the payment side, it's hard. Everybody's, we're all global now. We're paying people all over the world or we're vendors and whatnot, right? So how do you make that simple? So we do that and you're able to pay out in many different currencies, lots of different, you know, with finance, there's a lot of regulations. So we really help say it's heavily regulated. That and make it really simple. Yeah. I like but. simple. <laughs> I, love, I love, I remember, I think it was what, in the sixth grade when we were learning algebra and my math teacher had given me this really important piece of advice, right? Like keep it simple, silly, or keep it simple, stupid. And I, that's that KISS methodology, if you will. It's literally stuck with me in everything I do. If you've got to keep what you do simple. Um, so to Paul, yeah, like sounds- those manual processes shouldn't be taking up all this time because then, you know, the, the, you know, if you have like your mid-market company and you have four people on your team, then it will feel like you have more people on your team. Yeah. So it's not about reduction. It's about adding value. Right. So that's how we really add value. And we work with a lot of high growth companies. So, you know, they get a lot of value and then they're able to grow right as a result of that. So we really feel proud to work with customers like Noom and Roblox and you know so many others, right? That they've they've seen immense growth as well. And we're happy to be part of that journey too. I love it. I love it. But when I think about the industry you're in, I have to confess, right? There, there's probably no shortage of things keeping you awake at night, especially in such a regulated industry. It's changing so quickly. Um, you know, the past few years with the pandemic and everybody moving quickly over to digital if they haven't yet, and and you've just shared that there are some who haven't yet, right? So I can't imagine, uh, you know, there's just probably a lot. So I want to ask, you know, our favorite question on the show, um, but what is, Amisha, what is keeping you up at night professionally these days? What is keeping, I think it's the same. I mean, if you ask all the marketers, you know, everyone's going to always say, oh, it's the numbers. That's, That's fine. That's always the bar. But I think when we think about, we're still in a pandemic, right? Things are really uncertain. So it's when it is a time of uncertainty, right? Everyone's like, oh, double down on what's working. Let's see. I think we're going to go into a model and, you know, I'm not going to say the new normal because that's overdone, but where we're going, right? We have to really be thoughtful. People are now 
accustomed to operating in a really different way. They're accustomed to being more digital. They're accustomed to having things being done remote, right? A lot of companies are looking at their, how people are working, where they're working, um, and then how customers are working and how you're able to meet them where they are, right? So it's more about that. And I think really, you know, when people talk about customer experience and customer obsession, really need to think about that. So I, what keeps me up at night is how and where do we meet the customer? From the time they're a prospect all the way to becoming a customer. And then what is their experience with you really, right? Is it, you know, from the time they sign on to going, we're in software, right, to going live, then what's the experience there, right? Like, you know, is there enough touch? Is there enough communication? Are they getting the value truly out of what they bought? Because sometimes people will buy, you know, we have Octopus. Are we getting the full value, right? I don't know all the full features, my team, right? So we, you know, when you have something like that, if you're able to communicate and meet the customer where they are and then say, here's how we can help you, right? Someone's invested in you, you can help them do their job better, right? And their company succeed. And that's when I think about that whole thing. And that's what I think about it. Hey, from the time they're prospect all the way through, are we meeting them where they're at versus, you know, just talking about ourselves or trying to get push, ram things down people's throats? I think it's digital. It's that experience. And are you meeting your customers where they are? I think those three things are things that I really think about. It's tough. You know, I think what's interesting when it comes to meeting your customers where they are, there are so many places they can be, especially today. And and so, right, what data are you looking at? Where are you going? How many channels do you need to be engaged with? Is it one and you do it really well? Is it a ton and you do them mediocre? Where's the balance? How do you find that balance? There, there's a lot in it. What, how are some of the ways that you are kind of managing those different, um, I would say, I guess, what are some of the ways you're meeting customers where they are? So just like everybody else, we're trying to, you know, we are trying to, we, we have, we know where our customers are, right? We know what their pain points are. Um, we have wonderful CFO, Sarah. And so she's one of the personas that we're always trying to reach out to. So we have that, right? So if you have somebody in house that the person you're reaching out to, that person or their team can be really great to bounce ideas off to make sure you're being real. You do customer focus, right? Like you ask your customers, but really when you're thinking about how do you meet them where they are, right? That's what your question is, is yeah. really, you can't boil the ocean. You can't say, oh my God, we're going to do it. And we're going to do the website. We're going to, you have to build the blocks. Like where is the best place? So look at your data, look at your campaigns and say, Hey, where are the places where there are gaps in growth and we could be getting more growth? Where are the things that we're really excelling at and people are really responding to? So you double down on some of the, that messaging or that play or that channel. And then look at your other areas of possible growth. And if you're not meeting that growth area, what, what are you doing wrong there, right? And how are you doing that? And then do a lot of testing, right? So we do CRO testing on our all the time. We, you know, we have things like mutiny. We have a lot of different things to say, hey, let's test out messaging. Let's test yeah. out this experience. And then you're able to gather that and then take a look and say, okay, so this campaign did better because we did this kind of a flow. So that seems to work better for this, this persona, right? So you really have to think about it that way and make sure it's persona driven. Are you doing personalization mm-hmm. in a real sense, right? And there's a million tools out there to help you. So don't get all too crazy either, but pick like a few things and really focus. Don't try to boil the ocean. Like do those few things really well 
And then once you have those down, you can move on, you know, you prioritize what has the most impact for your business now and prioritize that. Then you can move down, right? If you try to do everything, then you're going to do it, like you said, mediocre, and you're not going to really see an effect, right? Yeah. I mean, I always want to do everything like all at once. And that would, you know, that would be crazy. My team would say, whoa, that's not humanly possible, right? And I think a lot of times people say, oh, you're scaling a team. You're in a growing company. You just grind. You don't, we don't want to grind people out, right? We don't want to grind also too much content out. So pick those high quality things and do them really well. And then once you have that down, you can create some rinse, wash, and repeat cycles, right? And then it allows you to work on the next thing. And then you have a build. So when you look back at the year, you can see like step one was, you know, maybe the website messaging step in and, you know, your PPC pages and all the messaging is clean and aligned and makes sense for your persona. And then are your campaigns the right flow and do more ungated content versus gated up front, right? Just to get people engagement, right? It's not always, I know we're always like, oh my God, if we don't get the leads, like what's going to happen? Yeah. But think about engagement because not everyone is ready, right? But you want them to engage with you, right? So you should have, yes, I need to get business in the door. That's your top priority, but also have engagement. As, as another thing, because I think people miss out. So if you look at those things, track engagement, track the data, and then you can come up with a plan and say, here's a prioritization. You need to do that prioritization. Otherwise it will fail. I, I agree 1000% on that. Now I want to take a moment and shift because what's really interesting about having a guest like you on the show is the fact that you have literally sat in so many different marketing chairs and have worn so many different marketing hats. So I feel you're the perfect person to ask this question to, right? And my question to you is, where on earth should social media actually sit in an organization? Who do they need to report to? And what does it look like currently at Tipalti? Because the way I see it, it's, it's socials everywhere in an organization. Yeah, so every team will say, I need social for this. Yeah. And everyone, you know, a lot of companies just, let's just everybody sends it to the social person you just pump it out like you know it's just like a stream of like company news product yeah. news employee advocacy it's just like a it's like a fire hose right and i think if you look at companies that do it very well it's not a fire hose right it's more of a curated thoughtful like here's what we're going to put out here's the audience we're trying to build this is the kind of content we need yes we'll have news and things like that but it, it it's more curated experience and i think social media is communications, is external communications. So whatever you put there should be as thoughtful as what you're doing in PR, because once it's, it's out there, it's out there forever, right? So be cognizant, you know, we live in a world where you wanna be, you know, is there implicit bias in it? Do make sure you're, you know, it's, you know, if you're writing about something, make sure you have all, you know, you've thought about those things, right? But for us, it sits in communications, right? Okay. It can, I think that, you know, social media should either sit in a content team mm -hmm. or in an external comms team because it is external. You need people who know and understand the, the people that they're in the audience they are trying to build. Yeah. And then there's different channels, right? So like for, for business, really, it's LinkedIn, it's Twitter. You know, a lot of people are like, oh, what about Instagram and TikTok? I think those are great also for employee advocacy yeah. and you could do something fun. Um, you know, there, but I think if you're really trying to build your business, right, I think LinkedIn is probably where it's at right now for B2B, but yeah. B2C, you have a lot more channels and a lot more to play with. 
But that for me is really important because it is external facing. So you need somebody that understands, hey, this is what works this company. And we're, you know, we can say all these things externally. And here's where we draw the line, right? I think it's important because you're the voice of the company externally. Yes. So for me, it's a more of a comms right function, but it is a cross functional thing because everybody wants in on social and Everyone. there's a lot of pressure on that person. You know, yeah. you get emails from everybody like, oh, I saw this article. Why are we doing, you know, so there's always a lot of opinions. Absolutely. I definitely think that's, you know, one of the most fun pieces of being a social media manager is it's one of those roles you literally get to know almost every single person in the organization because you're either running employee advocacy or people are requesting, you know, from HR to get content up on, on the social channels. So it's a really fun role. And I think it's a great way to get to know people and, and keep me honest, you said that into polity that the social media management, the social media sits under the external comms, correct? Yeah, this is under communications and PR, right? Because it is an external role. You are, you know, whether it's news or you're building a campaign. And oh, by the way, we are hiring. Um, we we have a new head of comms. So it's a, it's, a, it's a new pillar building out. We internally, and we're looking for a social media and influencer lead. So if anyone's interested, please contact me. <laughs> and Tapal, it's a great place to work. I can definitely vouch for that. Uh, <laughs> And if you get to work alongside of Misha, I mean, I mean, that that just sells it right there. Um, I, OK, so, you know, with, with external comms, what's interesting, I've actually heard a lot of pushback about, you know, this kind of fear that a lot of organizations seem to use social as like a PR channel. And something that they have to keep in mind is it's not just a PR channel. Do, do you find that that's ever a struggle or do you think that in 2022 people get that? I think it's still a struggle. It depends the company you're at, what their their feeling is. I think, like I said, a lot of companies are like, oh, it's just like, you know, it's like a spam channel, right? And I think we really need to step back and think, and you need to invest in it, right? And say, we need, you know, to create camp, mini campaigns, right? That are going to engage. I think social media is about engagement mm-hmm. and, and getting interest, getting brand awareness, putting your voice out there and, and becoming, it shows your thought leadership whether it's to attract employees to, you know, explain and, you know, kind of showcase your employee experience. It's a place where you can educate people, right. Or create really high value content that's appealing to your audience. Right. So for our audience, I'm not trying to appeal like to my mom or to like my neighbors or what to everyone. Right. I'm not dove soap. I'm trying to appeal to a certain, you know, finance audience, yeah. to a certain audience in, you know, like creator economy, gig economy, platforms where I'm trying to appeal to those folks. So, you know, what are they interested in, right? And that's again about meeting people where they're at, what they're looking for. And they, I just don't want to hit them over the head with Topalti is, right? It's, we want to do that, but hey, have customers on there and yeah. let customers talk about their companies and their growth. And they don't even have to, I know people don't, you know, you don't, they don't have to talk about your product. And that's like the shift that we're making also, right? Because we want to become value, right? It's providing value and getting engagement and allows you to build your audience. And once you do those things, all the other stuff comes with it too, right? The leads and interest and all of that will come. People are sharing it out because they're like, wow, they really know what they're doing and they're really experts in this field. Yeah, You know, they may not be thinking about us today, but tomorrow they have a need. Now it's like, oh, you know what? I should really, because they're really knowledgeable. They seem like they have their, 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 you know, they really know what they're talking about. And they seem to be engaging with all the right people 
in the industry and they're well thought of, I'm going to now check them out. Right. So you want to create that. I just hard to do. I love how you just called that out because so much about social, it's so not about being a megaphone, yet it's so easy to fall into that trap to be that megaphone. And it is truly all about engagement. I want to shift for a moment because I know something you're known for is the passion that you instill in your team. And when you're building out campaigns and the creativity, it's really something in the industry that everybody has their eyes on you. And, and, and you know, almost all brand building activities are indeed, right, centered around increasing awareness and you have a really unique background and i'm just you know thinking out loud what have some what have been some of topolti's most interesting or successful or unique um creative campaigns in your opinion that have actually driven that awareness and value could you share with us you know some of the cool things that have happened at topolti lately sure so last year we did our first brand media campaign and we have our, you know, we had a, we have a creative director on, director on board, Eric, and he's terrific. Um, I mean, he came from Salesforce and a lot of like agency experience. So really, you know, bringing someone like that on, we have our head of content, Derek, and they did a great job, but it's more about, you know, what do we want, what's the message we wanted to do? So, it, you know, we did a spring campaign, we did some testing and we said, okay. And then, you know, in the fall, we also did some out of home, right? So we want to create something eye-catching, but a message that resonates. So based on the testing from before in the fall, our campaign had a lot more directive sort of, you know, messaging, but it was a little bit more fun, but it really spoke to, you know, the persona was more, you know, it was like using bright, bold colors and very clean. And, and so when you're walking by, it's, you can get it really fast and it's eye-catching, right? So um, I think, you know, it, it was doing that. We also did a brand purpose exercise during all of this because, it was really, uh, you know, it's, yes, we know what our business is and what we do, but from the customer viewpoint, right, what is, and then, you know, your brand purpose is something that lasts for a very long time. It's why yeah. you exist. And that doesn't really change too much. Like your branding may change, your slogan may change, but it's an overarching sort of umbrella that you create. So, you know, once we did that, then it's like everything falls under that, but it's not an out external message we would use, right? So, you know, for us, you know, our brand purpose is really about, you know, we free finance to lead modern business, right? Because we're freeing people from manual and we're giving them into, um, you know, allowing them to be more strategic. So that speaks to that. And that no matter how, where we go, where we grow, that is what our purpose is, right? And then for, you know, if you want to think about external messaging, right? On our website, we put, we, you know, we help, we transform finance, right? We transform your finance team or we help you, we transform finance so you can do X, Y, and Z in these ways, right? So then it becomes, you're transforming, right? You're transforming a function, you're helping a customer move their business along, right? So to be more modern and to do these things, right? So then it starts making sense and then you have to test it, right? To say, is this meeting our audience? Does it make sense? Is it too much, right? Because the finance audience is different than market, you know, us marketers were like, oh, wow, it's pretty, you're like, oh, that's really cool. Pretty we always like all the cool stuff. You know, we like that, right? We're marketers. So we're always like, oh, that's, you know, we have that energy. And I think, you know, the CIO, the CEO, everyone has a different, what they're, what gets them excited, what they're really looking for to help them do their job better, right? So that's how we want to really resonate. So it was the brand media campaign was very creative and bold and, and really clean. And part of that um, they created 3D video, right? That was really cool. We found a really good 
voiceover actor and it was just cool. very well received. And so we found the video worked really well, right? So that was really great. So that helps us as we move through our journey. So we did brand purpose. We did some very exciting brand media. We had our first user conference and that was a lot of fun for branding and a campaign purpose. We blew out the doors on, you know, 60% over, um, you know, our attendance expectations, but we came up with a lot of really good thought leadership content. Um, And we had like, you know, our keynote speakers like Venus Williams. So we really went all out, but we also brought in external speakers. We also brought in our customers Mm-hmm. And we didn't just talk about our product. One of the tracks is purely just all thought leadership and, and issues and trends that they're you know, people are seeing. And so when you have that kind of content, right, and that kind of creativity, then that allows you to create engagement. Yeah. But there's also that other sales piece. And then when someone's actually talking to prospect, they have these other things and it's like hitting people over the head, right? It's a good experience you're inviting them to. So we created that experience and I think lastly was this integrated campaign we did for IPO. So, you know, how, what, what do you, should you think about if you're thinking about going IPO? And we actually integrated some influencer videos. We had some really great curated content and an ebook, but it was all, you know, kind of journey map, but we did a landing page so you could choose. And then you have the email campaign and you can create a PPC page. So it kind of feeds into this one stop shop, but it then becomes evergreen. So then you can add to it. Right. We're going to add another level to it and, and a different piece of con- pieces of content this year. So it allows your campaigns to grow, but it's integrated. So we had social behind it. Uh-huh. We had, you know, you know, content and, you know, PR. So it was all together. And so when you launch something like that, it's not just like, boom, we lo- it's, you know, it's kind of a cycle and it lasts for a long time. So we la- launched it last year, I think, in Q2, and it's still a living, breathing thing. We're going to iterate on it this year, right? But we also brought in influencers. We also brought in customers. So it becomes more rich. So I went on for too long because our team did an amazing job. <laughs> well, so congratulations. Lots of good things. To talk. But a lot of creativity was from everything from design to social to the campaign email, like everything, right? It really ma- it was mapped out by the entire, and everybody on the team had a hand in it. Every single person. I love it. So that but was it, a pretty it, incredible it goes back to what you, you opened the show with, with, with basically saying that, you know, the, the pieces of the puzzle need to come together. And, and it, it just proves that when you're running these types of programs and campaigns, every piece of the puzzle matters, no matter how big or small it is to make these programs continue to be successful, to live and breathe, you know, quarter over quarter, year over year. And the other thing I wanted to just point out when you mentioned the user groups, it was a, a breath of fresh air to hear you say that when you're running that, you know, letting your customers speak and, and not even focusing on product, but solely thought leadership, because I think that that's so important and oftentimes overlooked by, by B2B marketers, because again, it is so easy to fall into tra- the trap of being that megaphone. But what Topolity is doing by bringing your customers together, letting them speak, take the lead. I mean, it definitely requires a little bit of, uh, I would say, calculated risk or extreme trust, right? To be able to kind of step back and let them do that talking. But you learn so much. And that community of thought leaders that come together, that's priceless. I mean, that's, I'm impressed by that. (laughs) We launched a customer community last year and it's been doing really well. And I think it's, you know, um, you know, customers can talk to each other, you know, it could be career, it could be lots of different things. It's not just like, oh, but also it gives us a, a place to say you can, here's how you maximize the investment you made, right? It's not costing you anything, but it also allows us to educate and update. 
But then on the flip side, right, um, what you're talking about, thought leadership, you have the thought leadership, you know, we all like to say tofu, mofu, bofu, like we love those words, right? <laughs> My dad for a long time was like, why are you always talking about tofu? He's like, I thought you didn't like tofu. I'm like, no, dad, we're not talking about food. We're talking about pork. So, you know, it's, you know, I have to say that we all, we all, we all know the acronym. We all, you know, as as marketers, right? but when you think about social, it's, it's part of the whole journey. It's not just like top funnel content. You can put out other engaging pieces of content. You can and should highlight when your customer goes public, when your customer is being recognized, put that out there because you're, you should be celebrating with your customer, right? No matter what you're doing with their company, you're, you know, you, you want to lift them up, right? So I think when you think about social, people just think about like, oh, top funnel. Well, think about your social also as, you know, how can that help along the journey, right? And then certainly you have paid social, right? Because that's on the, you know, Can't forget in, about in, paid. Your, in your demand gen side. How do you connect all of that together? Because then they can come back and say, hey, these things are actually working the best, right? That can help you, right? And you can help, you know, both sides of the coin, right? And then you start getting a little bit more synergy and then think about, hey, once somebody, you know, you have the prospect sort of stuff, right? But then when you think, throw things over the transom, even on social, your customers now, is there something you could be doing on social, right? To be engaging that group, right? So it's something to think about. You know, I think people just think about social is like, okay, let's just get it out. And it's top funnel and it's all thought leadership. It's all this, you know, you have to have a good, you have to have a variety and we're actually working on improving that. Right. That's what we want to hire. someone, bring somebody that has in-house expertise, right. Not just, yeah. you know, having you know an agency or that kind of model. We really want to bring that and then the influencer piece because relationships are important in social. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're creating online relationships, you're highlighting and recognizing experts they're going to be recognizing you as well. If you have that kind of, Hey, that's a really, you know, the seven things people should be thinking about in finance for 2022. And it's not like, Oh, because it's like problem. Oh, here's the policy solution, right? If it's, we actually have like, here's one, two, three, four, five, six, and here's why they're important. And we're not talking about product. Yes, of course we have a product and a logo and a little bit on the bottom, right? Like to don't forget, <laughs> um, but you have that and that content, then someone will say, you know what? I think my audience will like that because it's yeah. got some value to it. And yeah. then you're giving them content, right? Because everyone is always like, I need content, right? It's hard to fill it in. If you provide these like high value things on social, others will do that. And the other thing is like tagging and hash, like build, fill to figure out what's your strategy of building in what area. Right? Yeah. I think yeah. People forget that. So. Agreed. Agreed. And, and, and I love the, the passion like the, 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 you're so vivacious and so just enthusiastic about this, this topic. And, but there's just so much to talk about. You know, I, I, if, I wish we had so much more time than just 30 minutes on this show, because everything that you just shared about the little things, you know, when it comes to social, like you know, don't forget to mention or tag or these little things that I think you take for granted when you, you know, work in social but they do make a big difference and knowing how and when to use them and, and which communities to engage with. It's just, it's such, I mean, I guess maybe this is like the next question, right? But like, is it an art or a science, right? When it comes to marketing and you mentioned you, you have both. both sides, right? <laughs> both. Because I think sometimes we're like data, 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 like it's only based on data. I'm like, there's also, right. There's also an art. There's also a feeling you're trying to evoke, right? So we're, you know, on the journey to, to becoming more emotional. We're, uh, you know, we're, you know, I, I'm really excited to be at Tapati because we're all on a journey together, right? Of building something and growing something, but also how are we communicating? 
You know, are we doing the right things? Are we highlighting, you know, is our, is our employee experience coming through, right? Like all of those things. When people think about these things, they're like, oh, let's do big campaigns and that's what's going to move the needle. Yes, those things help and those are pops, but it's really what you do day to day, right? It's almost like you said, like the little things add up, Yeah. right? So if you are, you know, it, you know, a lot of people think like, oh my God, you have to like, you know, so much money, just dump it all in. No, you create, that's where creativity comes in. And that's where you see some of these things where like, wow. And it's just, you know, people are sharing it and everyone's like, let's get viral. I'm like, you know, maybe you don't want to always be viral because it's not always a good thing, right? But it's, if you're going to be viral, be viral to your audience or, yeah. you know, yeah. if you are just creating engagement and you're creating a lot of, you know, engagement and it's kind of snowballing over time. That to me is like the long lasting staying power. Yeah. You know, you can have one amazing thing and then it's like, boom, and you'll have this huge spike, right? And then it comes right back down. What if you built? And that that's when you do the build and the engagement that's when you actually get to the place where you see others and you're like, wow, how did they get there? It's yeah. not that some of these brands are like, oh, now we're famous. Over. No, you, there was a build and there was a lot of things that they had put into it. Right. Yeah. So, you know, and I think people time. should think about yeah, that. Yeah. yeah. It certainly takes time. That's the other thing, right? Our society today, I feel we love fast wins. We love like the one hit wonder, like, boom, yeah. right. Yeah. <laughs> So totally. So listen, I, the next question I have is more leaning towards you as a leader. And I hope this question isn't too much of a curveball, but I'm going to throw it at you anyway, with everything that you've accomplished, <laughs> no pressure um, with everything that you've accomplished, you know, and, and we're in the beginning of 2022 Q1, what expectations do you have of yourself as a marketing leader for the next few quarters in 2022? I think for me, and you know, when I look at it, you know, when you're a leader and you're looking at your team, you really want to create an environment where people, you know, it's pot right now. It's just, it's hard, right? Because we're still at home. There's a lot going on. You know, people have a lot of different situations. I think, you know, empathetic, compassionate, and really thinking about the whole, everyone is really truly bringing a whole you know, we used to talk about bringing your whole self. People are bringing their whole self selves to work. So for me, it's like making sure, you know, how do we get the work-life balance under, you know, how do we help people? How do we create some level of like team camaraderie and, and that environment where people feel like they can come and create and thrive mm-hmm. and learn? I think, you know, culture of learning is really important because that's how you get productivity. Um, you know, something we have in our team is, you know, providing a space so you know, twice a week, we have this, you know, GST get shit done time that we put on everybody's calendars. Oh, I love so that. Meetings, <laughs> you cannot make meetings during those two times, right? We knew we were never going to get a full day, but it was, you know, it's kind of, you know, these two, three hour blocks and people do use that. And it makes, allows your team to feel like, oh, and then they can also say, well, I have a meeting and I make sure put my calendar. So it gives, empowers your team to be more productive, right? But then you're creating that environment. And then also asking for a lot of feedback, right? And being open to feedback and learning from that feedback. To me, creating that team environment, team engagement, it's really important right now because that experience, right? And when you're thrilled and you're delighted to come to work, right? Like not, you're not gonna like every piece of your job, nobody is, right? But, but when you're <laughs> when you can create that kind of 
<laughs> I don't remember where I once read, I need to get the source for this, but there was, I read there was like a 20, there's always in every job, a 20% suckage factor. And once you accept that, you love your job. But I, 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 right. I have to find it always is. No, that's, that's funny, but yeah, there's not going to be everything, right? And, and so it's, you know, the things, right? So making that kind of environment where people feel like they can build a career versus this is a job is important to me, right? Especially if people are ambitious and, you know, we're in this crazy time, right? But people still want to feel growth. They want to feel valued, right? The work is also really important. But if you don't create that, I think the work, doesn't the work will suffer, right? I think you really need to think about those things as a leader. And if you create that culture of environment of growth and learning and, and openness and transparency, right? And collaboration, then you're going to get a team that's cohesive and not siloed and create, make, make sure if you see things aren't open for your team, you do it, right? And you create that the dialogues for your team so people can move forward, right? And continue that, right? So that's what I, you know, try to keep things not as siloed. And then as, cause we're scaling fast and that can happen yeah. really easily. Right? The growing pain. So that, and then that culture, right. Of collaboration. Cause one of the reasons I joined Tipalti was, you know, they, there's this really great culture of collaboration, openness, and transparency. It's a GST culture. It's also a no BS culture and a, you know, they're very humble leadership. So we look for that because, yeah. you know, there's no egos here. It's more about the work and building something together. Right. We want to keep that. Because that to me is why I come to work every day. And I don't want to, you know, I don't want everyone to feel that way, right? So you have good days and bad days, but if you can create that, I think that's really important to me. I love hearing that. And I think I was said at the beginning, I'll say it again. Topolity sounds like a fantastic place to be. And especially right now with all the growth and it's just, it's incredible. So my last question for today's episode. And I have to say, I have a hunch this is going to be a fan favorite episode. We're probably going to have to have you back. There's a lot more to talk about, Misha. Um, but for now, I was hoping you might be able to share with me what is one thing, you know, we were talking a lot about social media. What's one thing that you can share with us right now that we cannot learn from your LinkedIn profile about you? Learn. Um. I used to do theater. So. <laughs> what kind of theater? Let's, let's, let's take it a little further. Drama. drama. Mostly, mostly drama <laughs> um, on stage. I've done it in, you know, in New York when I was a lot younger. So really, in, in school, I spent a summer in New York doing okay. theater. Um, I did Shakespeare in the Park. I um, love Shakespeare in the Park. Central Park. And that was a really great experience. And then um, also in college, where I studied that. So I did a lot of theater. Then I did some community theater after, after school as well. So um, yeah, but I think that, you know, nobody believes me that I'm, I was very painfully shy. And so theater is, you know, is you're playing somebody else, right? And you get to step in somebody else's shoes, which is why I think I love marketing because we step into other people's shoes to see and how we can help them communicate. So, you know, I always think of things as like skits in my head and things like that. So, you know, and that plays out in, in marketing stuff. But yeah, that's something that a lot of people don't know. Whereas my husband says, you know, I have a degree in drama, as he says. <laughs> I love it. So Amisha, anyone listening in, they want to join the Tapalti team. They want to pick your brain a little bit more about all things marketing. Where is the best place for somebody to reach you? Uh, you can reach me on LinkedIn, just Amisha Gandhi. I'm there. And then, you know, go to the Tapalti careers page and then, you know, let us know if you're interested. We have a lot of open positions, but we are looking, um, you know, for a great social influencer lead. So 
And then if you just want to have a conversation, if you have great ideas and you want to share, because I always love it to learn from others as well. Amazing. Amisha, thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Thanks for tuning in to the Radically Transparent podcast brought to you by Octopost, the only social media management and employee advocacy platform architected for B2B. I'm Jennifer Gutman, your host and director of social strategy here at Octopost. And if you love today's show, we'd love if you subscribe, rate, and give a raving review wherever you get your podcasts. For more discussion on B2B social media marketing, be sure to follow Octopost on LinkedIn. And of course, to gain access to all our free social media marketing and employee advocacy resources, head on over to our website, www.octopost.com. Until next time.